Welcome to take two of Friars in the Farm podcast. I'm Donovan, and coming across the table for me is Roy. So why are we so sorry, Uncle Albert? We are so sorry. We are not sorry. We are not sorry that we had to sell our future to get a rental. True, true. But there were moves to be made. There were moves to be made. That could have made the team better. And it all would have cost us Luis Camposano, Robert Hassel. It would have costed us Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, even though he's injured. Right. It all these deals were had some high, high prospects. Yes. Yeah. And, and sure, you know, Scherzer is a rental. Uh, Barrios, I'm not sure if he was controlled even through next year or maybe even maybe one more one more year, year and a half would have been even more expensive. Yeah, and the, I believe the price that was paid for him was something in the neighborhood of Gore plus Camposano. Yeah, two yeah. top 100. Yeah, and and we're not going to do that. No, you know, and I don't want to do that. I don't I don't want to mortgage the farm, even though we're a minor league podcast and they've already traded away a lot of the guys we've talked about, and they're going to do that in the future. I don't want to do that for uh, for three months of uh, and sure people say yeah, you get you a ring doesn't guarantee a ring. No, no, nothing but it guarantees, guarantees you a, ring. a bunch of your prospects are gone. Right. And also, it's important to keep in mind that this team is going to come back next year. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Hudson, that just got picked up at the deadline, he's gone at the end of the season. He's yeah. a free agent. And then Tommy Pham, this is his final year of arbitration. So he's, unless he gets an extension, he's going into to free, free agency. agency. But everybody else on this roster yeah. is is scheduled to come back next yeah. year. Yeah. And, and don't don't just, like, Preller, Preller rule Prell. He'll right. do it. And it's not 2021 or nothing. Right. And it's 2020, the decade of 2020. Right. And something. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, God, breaking news, kind of Jar- uh, Charlize Aquino has joined the Lake Elsinore Storm via Mad Friar, the 19-year-old infielder from 2018 international class, first came stateside for instructs last fall, still needed to grow into his frame and show uh, and should get more aggressive on pitches in the zone. Another interesting guy for that lineup. A young lineup full of a yeah. lot of talent. Arubiel yeah. Angeles, Brandon Valenzuela. Yeah, there are a lot of good players up there. You got uh, Sean Gilby and Matt Acosta. You know, a lot of good players in Lake Elsinore. So get up there and see those yeah. guys while you can. Absolutely. So left-handed pitcher Noel Vela has been promoted from Lake Elsinore to Fort Wayne. In 13 games, he had a 3.98 ERA and a 1.33 whip, 63 strikeouts and 54 and a third innings. So next, we have a whole bunch of pitchers in the Padres organization that are doing well, yeah. and they're winning some awards. Yeah. So, and that, that's a great thing. They're winning awards. Yeah. I mean, awards are just something you put up on the shelf, but still, it's a reflection of a job well done. Absolutely. So San Diego Padres pitcher Reese Kinnear has been named AAA West Pitcher of the Week for the week of July 26th through August 1st. Kinnear threw six shutout innings in the El Paso Chihuahuas 1-0 win over the Albuquerque Isotopes on July 26th. From Jeff Sanders, the UT, uh, Fort Wayne Tinkaps left-handed starting pitcher Danny Dens has been named High A Central Pitcher of the Week for July 26th to August 1st. Minor League Baseball announced on Monday. Fear the Gogs. Fear the Gogs, dude. The picture of him in those glasses. Are- <laughs> yeah, so he's got some... <laughs> Thick, round glasses. and Yeah, he wears goggles like athletic 
you know, corrective lenses. Uh, he's a lefty, so I, something tells me he's a character. Yeah. Uh, but he's somebody that he, as, as this article says, he was signed as an undrafted free agent, and I love those kinds of stories. Yeah. yeah. Nothing to lose. Have some personality. See what happens. Yeah. Uh, across two starts on the road last week against the Lansing, uh, Lansing Lugnuts, the Oakland A's affiliate, Dents fired nine and two-thirds shutout innings, allowing just two hits and two walks while striking out 10 on the heels of a five-inning start in the series opener on Tuesday, Dens twirled four two-thirds no-hit innings in a 12-to-1 win in the same finale on Sunday. I came in with I came in with a prepared plan to attack the hitters and compete with my stuff, Dens said. I know my defense is going to make plays, and I just wanted to attack the zone with all my pitches. Dens, who signed with the Padres in this, uh, with the Padres as the free agent in June of 2020, was a four-year pitcher at the University of Memphis. The 23-year-old grew up about 30 minutes northwest of Chicago in Carpentersville, Illinois. So I wonder if he's got a strong cheering section out there in Fort Wayne. I wouldn't be surprised. Him and uh, uh, living up uh, close from Jack Zawinski. Well, Jack Zawinski's now in Altoona. Yes. <laughs> but maybe his family still pays right. a visit to, to Fort Wayne for, to uh, reminisce. Yeah. So the lefty began his season on the injured list. After two appearances in the Arizona Complex League, Dens was added to the 10 Caps active roster on July 9th and has logged a 2.2 ERA and a 1.1 whip over his five starts in Fort Wayne. Dens is the first 10 Caps player to win a weekly award from minor league baseball this season. Previously, left-handed pitcher Ethan Elliott earned the High A Central's Pitcher of the Month Honor Award for May. And so in San Antonio's Adrian Martinez was named Double A Central Pitcher of the Month, Texas League, uh, San Antonio. San Antonio Missions pitcher Adrian Martinez has been named the AA Central Pitcher of the Month for July, announced by the league today. This is the second award for Martinez this season after previously being awarded Pitcher of the Week June 28th through July 4th. This marks his second career award and his first monthly honor. So he's Best Pitcher of the Month. For the month of July, Martinez went 4-0 with a .32 ERA and five starts. He allowed 16 hits across 28 in a third innings pitched while allowing one earned run. Martinez struck out 25 batters, and opponents batted just a paltry 168 against him. The highlight of the month for Martinez was his start against Corpus Christi on July 2nd. He tossed six no-hit innings while striking out nine batters during that outing and retired 17 consecutive batters. Martinez made missions history with his performance last month. His .32 ERA is tied with Aaron Wilkerson of 2019 for the lowest monthly ERA by a missions pitcher since 2005, and that was AAA. Yeah. Brewers in yeah. 2019, uh, a minimum of 25 innings pitched. His four wins during July are tied for the second most in a month for a missions pitcher since 2005. On the year, Martinez is 6-3 and three with a 2.2 ERA in 15 games and 11 starts with the missions. He has 70 strikeouts and 69 and two-thirds innings pitched and holds a 1.09 whip. So the ERA, the, the wins and losses, it's hard for a pitcher to rack up a lot of wins in yeah, the minors because absolutely. they don't tend to go deep enough into the games. Right. It's rare for guys to go five full innings, um, especially at the lower levels of the yeah. minors. Uh, but the strikeouts, for the, he's got pretty much one strikeout per innings pitched, and the 1.09 whip tells me that he's limiting the guys that get on base. So those are things, those are building blocks um, that definitely can carry forward to the higher levels. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit more about him in the, in the affiliate, give you guys maybe a teaser of what could be happening in the, uh, for the podcast organization. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, so I put this on, I put this on, uh, this is the fun thing I, I love to do, we love to do about minor league baseball. A home run derby decided the all-star game in the Appalachian League. Ridiculous. Which is a collegiate summer bat league slash partner league with MLB. I love this. So a nine-inning game that featured six home runs needed 19 more to settle it. 
This is Sam Dykstra, a friend of the podcast from MLB Pipeline and MILB. I hope there were some hawkers out there in the outfield scooping up right, some balls. Right? There some local treasures there. Uh, as the regular game ended tied 6-6, the West defeated the East 10-9 in a home run derby that decided the Appalachian League All-Star game at Pulaski Motor Mile Field at Calfee Park. The thrilling contest was the first All-Star game held since the Appy League moved to a collegiate Woodbat Summer League for the 2021 season. Following the nine-inning draw, the extra-inning format called for three sluggers from both sides to hit as many homers as possible over ten swings. They could take as many pitches as ten swings. <clears throat> so the West third baseman, Court Maynard from Bristol, served as a hero, sending four homers into the Pulaski night. In his round, the other five contestants, Joey Vetrano, Johnson City, Sam Thompson, Elizabethan. In the West, Cameron Leary from Pulaski. Ryan Johnson from Pulaski and Dylan Rogers from Princeton went deep three times each. So that's a battle. Oh yeah, it that's is a little bit of a battle. That is fucking bad. That's so, really so fun. just for kicks, I pulled it up on Google maps. I figured the Appalachian league, you don't have large stadiums. No. Um, so I didn't think there'd be grandstands in the outfield in left field. You've got what looks like a maintenance building and then there's a parking lot. Yeah. And then in right field, there's mm. a street and then houses. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm sure the residents, the neighbors, were loving that. You know, and, and, and you, you look every one of those fields, and and we uh, we almost went there a couple of years back for uh, to look for a, a team, to, a city to move to, and to be a host family. Uh, coming to find out, they don't have host families in rookie league, but they're all fields that look like you know just about high school fields. Right, I mean, really manicured. The field itself is good, but not a lot of stands, not a big stadium, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, but it's it's a league and it's fun. So I'm trying to figure out where this is. It looks like it's about an hour west of Roanoke, Virginia. Kind of yeah. out on the finger, or the pan, do they call it a panhandle? Or? Of, of Tennessee? Of, of Virginia. <laughs> right. So uh, Johnson City used to be the Mets. The, the Bristol, uh, Bristol used to be the Pirates. The Elizabethan, Tennessee, uh, Elizabethan, Tennessee used to be the, um, the Twins. The, the Elizabethan, they, instead of, so they had a choice back. We talked about this several episodes back and a couple years back. They had a choice to either spend a million dollars on upgrading their police department or upgrading the field. Okay. And they upgraded the field. Right. Instead of making the police department department better. That's how much, and this is what the big bummer about this was, is these cities losing their teams, their affiliated teams, because the, the cities rallied around these teams. And they, I mean, that's a lot of money to put towards a field. Oh, yeah, it is. All right, so moving on, we had some transactions in the Padres organization. We had the trade deadline, which passed since the last time we spoke. Um, we already covered the Adam Frazier trade last yeah, week, we uh, but there were a couple of deals. So the Padres traded Anderson Espinosa to the Chicago Cubs for center fielder Jake Marisnik. Marisnik is signed through 2021. He has a mutual option in 2022 for $4 million with a 500 k buyout. Um, mutual options rarely get picked up. Yeah. I'll be surprised if he comes back next year, but maybe. Uh, what this means to me is... That obviously Jorge Mateo just got designated for assignment. He pretty much takes Mateo's spot, only he has a expanded role. Yeah. Um, he's already made a couple starts. He hits lefties pretty well. He's a right-handed hitter. He can play all three outfield positions at a competent to above average level. Yeah, absolutely. So he now is. we've got a legit center field backup rather than having to rely on Tommy Pham or uh, or Profar playing yeah. out of position. And he's a threat at the plate. He is. He's definitely a threat at the plate. Yeah. Um, now, the cost, giving up Anderson Espinosa, I was surprised by that at the time of the trade. I was very surprised. The be. Padres have invested a lot of time, a lot of, of work into his rehab journey. You know, and he was showing lots of promise. I mean, still a 5 ERA, but was getting better almost every, you know, almost linear, almost every outing he was getting better, going a little bit longer. 
But when you can get someone that can help the major league team now, and it's those small pieces for a major league team that you know that really make a difference. Right. Like that's a complete. That's that's a that's at least a one. I don't know one war, but you know that's a huge upgrade over Mateo. And Mateo has wheels to die for. But you got to get on base and you got to play the field as well. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Definitely upgrade. You hate to see it. I loved watching SB days. You know, every five days, I'm making sure I watch that start. And uh, he's always funny because he just throws gas. Yeah, it sounds like this last start, his fastball had a little more life to it. Absolutely. His breaking pitches had a little more bite to him. Um, it's not that the velo was higher, but it's just the way the ball's coming out of his hand, the way that his arm is working. It's, it's starting to get used to it, right? Yeah. And he was on the affiliate rundown until he got traded. Until he got traded. I'm sorry. We're not going to talk about him. Up, edit, crop, cut. Pretty much. Okay, so the next deal, the Washington Nationals traded right-handed pitcher Daniel Hudson to San Diego for right-handed pitcher Mason Thompson and infielder Yordi Barley. Um, Hudson is a free agent after the 2021 season. So this is truly getting a rental. But Hudson is a lockdown reliever that could step in and close if needed. Yeah. He's got World Series experience. He still has top of the line stuff. Absolutely. So he's somebody that in your if you're in a high leverage situation, rather than putting somebody like Mason Thompson or even somebody like Austin Adams that right. you might not trust to be able to pound the zone quite the same, you've got somebody that you can rely on to, yeah. p- to put him in there. Um, the cost of Mason Thompson is pretty high. It is lots of control. Lots of control with him, but lots I mean of team control. Lots of team control, but lots of lots of potential with with him. And, right, and it's not a win now move, but it's um, definitely needed the help in the bullpen. So I think it is getting, you know, expanding some of the prospects to get a piece like that that we need, and he could easily be signed in the offseason, mm-hmm. You know, uh, if he likes it here, and, and he does well. Um, He's it kind of reminds me of the um, the who was the guy we got Rosenthal. Yeah. Last year. Trevor Rosenthal. Trevor Rosenthal. That, I mean, he kind of put the back of the bullpen on his back and just took the role and went with it. And became a Twitter king. He did. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping he'd come back just because of the Twitter interactions. Yeah, right. And then and then finally, it was up It was up in the air if he was signing with someone. And then finally, I think he he, he tweeted a picture with him in a Yankee uniform or like a Yankee. No, Oakland. Was Oakland okay? Yeah, he was kind of he was kind of flirting on Twitter yeah. with a bunch of different teams. I mean, the guy's trying to get a job. I don't yeah. blame him. Uh, so too bad he had to go down with Tommy John. You know, and Yordi Barley. Go ahead. Right, so, but Mason Thompson. Right after the trade, he goes to the Nationals and pitches in a game, does pretty well, and of course, pitching ninja has to show him with that ridiculous two seamer, yeah. and it's like, oh man, we had that. But you know what? This is the right move. Okay, and so then Yordi Barley. Crazy athletic guy mm-hmm. that the they when the Padres signed him he was supposed to be like one of the premium athletes in that year's class, and it's does he put the baseball skills together? Well, five years later he's in single A, yep. doing okay, not great. Um, so it's the the time within the organization to probably run out. So they're looking at him maybe as a you know lottery ticket. Who knows if he's going to turn into something? Yeah, absolutely. And then the next one is a, is an addiction is an addiction by birth. Yes. So on uh, on July 26th, Madeline and Jose Azokar welcomed Layla Lucretia Azokar into the world. So congratulations yes. to the Azokar family. And if you guys listen to the uh, Joe Alexander interview, we asked the question. was like, do you know what happened when he was put in the inactive list? Literally the next day I get the email and that his wife was expecting. Yeah. Uh, and incidentally, yep. today the San Antonio Missions tweeted out a picture of Jose Azokar wearing a swag chain. The swag chain from our crafty... Co-host here, yeah. Roy. 
So uh, I put together a swag chain for each of the affiliates and sent them off. We delivered, Dude, we hand delivered the one up to Lake Elsinore last Monday. Shipped them off to the other affiliates who were on the road. Uh, there, they Sam all, Lewis got his they, in Fort Wayne. Yeah. So on Monday they came back into town and the guys have them now. So I'm excited to see some chains spinning out Dude, there. That'd be sweet. It yeah. is sweet. Matt Acosta getting the one, uh, you know, hit the home run on Tuesday. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then a little bit of sad news on on the 25th, Carter Lewin was assigned to the 60 day IL, and then it was either yesterday or today that yeah. he had Tommy John surgery. Yeah, the pictures were posted today. I don't know if they were taken today or yesterday. Yeah, he was off to a really good start. Um, reliever at the University of Hawaii, yeah. drafted last year, um, and no, he was, si- uh, was non drafted free agent. Non drafted free agent, right? Because they only had the five round draft last year. Yeah. Um, so a great story coming out of the draft. He was somebody that kind of popped up. Yep. In in the season with Hawaii, yeah. put on a lot of strength, added a lot of velocity. All of a sudden, kind of transformed himself. Was off to a really good start this year, but going down to injury, he'll come back stronger and better. Yeah, absolutely. And you would saw if you followed him on Instagram, like in the off season, he was just every day he was posting videos, hitting ninety four, ninety six, and just like yeah, yeah. But that you know having that increase in velocity sometimes comes at a price. It does. Okay, so Baseball America updated their top 30 organizational lists. Uh, there's a lot of really good content in their article. I recommend checking it out. They've got stuff about who's rising, who's falling, who graduated, who's hurt. Uh, but I wanted to point out the guys that are new to the list. Um, so we've got a few guys that were drafted, a few guys that have been in the organization for a while, a few guys that have kind of popped up. Um, so at number six, they have Jackson Merrill, shortstop, who was the Padres' top draft pick this year. Uh, number seven, you have James Wood, the six foot seven, two hundred and forty pound outfielder. Who who knows what he's going to develop into? Right. Um, I heard an interview today on the radio with Josh Stein. They were talking about makeup stuff, which Keith Law was Goes very critical. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've everybody else ranked him in their top one hundred. Keith Law, in the comments to his top 100, somebody asked him, where's Robert Wood? And he said that he couldn't hit anything. He looked disinterested in the field. Right. Um, and then in his interview with Madfriars, he repeated those sentiments. Yeah. And you didn't hear that. You know, and if you read the interview, he didn't just say that out. He like heard it a couple times from several scouts. So it right. wasn't someone who said, yeah, I just looked disinterested. These guys look at everything, body language. We'll talk a little bit about that later on when we, we read the, uh, the, uh, the, the rundown. The, the rundown. Yeah, which, it matters. It really does matter. It does. And usually the Padres are pretty strong about scouting that stuff. Yeah. They talk to the coaches and the family and, and they watch what they do, what their preparation is, yeah. their work ethic, their focus. Uh, they, they haven't missed on a whole lot of guys like that. So it, it surprised me to hear that coming from, from, uh, from uh, Matt, Keith, Keith, Keith Law. Law. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's not one to dump on guys no. like that. So no. he must have had some good information. So who knows? I'm crossing my fingers for him because the guy's a crazy athlete. Uh, then at number 12, you got Robert Gasser, left-handed pitcher. Number 13, Kevin Copps, a righty out of Arkansas that uh, some say has a chance to make the majors this year. I don't know. That's pretty strong. It's a, it's he's a, he's thrown a lot of innings this year. He has, and that's, that's a really high bar to shoot, but I mean, apparently he's got the stuff to play. Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, whether his body can put him there. Uh, number 14, Arubiel Angeles, who's tearing it up in Lake Elsinore. You, uh, number 21, Ethan Elliott, number 23, Johnny Homza, 24, Max Ferguson, another draftee, 26, Brian Medina, 27, Adrian Martinez, who, as we just mentioned, won Pitcher of the Month. Um, and at number 28, Matt Waldron, the knuckleballer. Yes, and you forgot number 20, Eggy Rosario. Oh, I skipped Eggy. You skipped right over. Who yeah. has been, who, you know, these players are you know, still 21 
who was blocked by C.J. Abrams. And since C.J. has been gone, he has really stepped up. And, I, you know, I was thinking maybe he could be a trade piece. Yeah, it you wouldn't know, have surprised me. With, 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 uh, with the way he's been playing. For sure. He was eligible for the Rule 5 <laughs> draft last year. So the way he's been playing this year, he's definitely somebody to watch when that time comes around. Yeah, absolutely. So we got a little update on Mackenzie Gore. Yeah, absolutely. The left-hander has been in Arizona working on his mechanics. Uh, this is from Kevin Acey's uh, daily newsletter. Yesterday, uh, and working, excuse me, the left-hander has been working in Arizona on his mechanics, and yesterday faced batters in a game. The reports were extremely good regarding his fastball zip and its location. So I wonder if that was like a scrimmage, like a backlots kind right. of a game, because right. I don't think he's been added to the, uh, the not ACL the, roster. Yeah, he's not on that roster. He's probably just hitting batters. Okay. Ho- so, hopefully hopefully the batters aren't hitting anything. Yeah. And he's not hitting them. Yeah, and, and although I, I'll preface this with, like, I don't think they'd be saying, yeah, he's not doing well. Yeah, they they wouldn't they would word a different like yeah he's still working on things. I have a tendency to kind of filter what I see from Kevin Ac with a grain of salt because I, I feel like the the people within the front office use him as kind of a the mouthpiece. Yeah, right, and that's yeah. fine. That's he's the beat writer. He's supposed to be the mouthpiece. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, but you kind of have to understand the context <clears throat> and the access that he has and right. why he has that access. So, of course, they're going to say nice things about Gore. You know, we need to see it at, at an affiliate yeah, against definitely. actual you know, minor league competition yeah, yeah. to really take it at, you know, at face value. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we don't want to – I'm not going to put that pressure on him or at least like, okay, here we go. Let's throw a no-hitter every time you're out there. I just want him not to walk, guys. Right. You know, let him get hit. I don't even get hit. Get some, you know, give up some runs. You're throwing strikes. Well, it's, figure that everything else out. At some point, the the rubber's got to hit, got to meet the road. I do, and it will. But there's a reason why Predator held on to him, and I have faith that the first Padre jersey I ever purchased is going to be a McKenzie Gore jersey. That you you've never never purchased a jersey. Oh. I bought a Khalil Green jersey at Goodwill. Years. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. It's uh, I'm not really a jersey guy uh-huh. anyway. But, like, that's my guy. Okay. That's my guy. Okay. And, um, you know, I've been saying that for a couple of years now. Um, well, you know, the friend and her tactics of the world, Ryan Weathers is my guy as well. I could definitely buy a Ryan Weathers jersey, uh, having been a friend of the podcast. But, you know, that's Gore's my guy. All right. Absolutely. I had to go out and buy a Joe Musgrove jersey the first chance I got yeah. after he threw the no-no. Right, right. And, and bless his heart, he threw the no-hitter. I don't know why I'd say that's as hard. But anyways, going back to Mackenzie Gore, the 22-year-old Gore has fallen into bad habits. He has been unable to break. With a 5.85 ERA and a 1.8 whip and six starts for the AAA El Paso, he's expected to be back pitching in the minors soon. So he's making his way back. Right. So hopefully that time in, in Arizona, he's been able to break some of yeah. those habits, yeah. whatever that yeah. means. Yeah. You could take the time to break it down instead of having to do it in a bullpen. You know, the day after or with an in-between starts, you can just settle it down like reset, kid. Mm-hmm. Reset. Um, um, um. <laughs> Moving on, Mad Friars interviewed Philip Wellman, and I love this guy. God, he was on Bennett Woods last week. Uh, they talked to him, and he's just, I, I just love the accent. I, he's old. He's a, he's a lot. He's he not that old. Growth. He's not that old. He's 60 years old. He's been in he's been in minor league baseball for I think I think he said 38 odd years. Okay. Coaching for something like 38 odd how, years. How long ago was it when he did the whole throwing a grenade with the rosin bag routine? 15 years. Was it 15 years 15 ago? 15 years ago. And he talked about it on Bennett Woods. So he you know and Woodsy asked him that. Said, Do they ever ask him about that? Well, they get to know me first. They they like well hey you know they get to know me and then you know when they feel comfortable then they could bring it up. <laughs> Then they can bring it up. 
Um, For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, he had one of the craziest meltdown. manager ejections that you're ever going to see. He went bananas out on the field, probably a good 15 minutes. Yeah. And I think he was arguing balls and strikes. Yeah. It's with the Braves organization, too. It wasn't right. with the Padres. This is a long time ago. So at one point, he gets down behind the pitcher's mound, and he's down on the ground doing the, the elbow crawl. Like a soldier. Yeah. And he, then he picks up the rosin bag and, and throws it like, like a grenade. grenade at the whole plate. Oh, my God. It was epic. <laughs> So anyway, this is the interview with uh, with Madfires. Uh, what did you see from CAJ? What did you see from CJ Abrams this year? Philip Wellman, he's a special special player. Can CJ can help you win a game in so many ways with his legs, arm, glove, and his bat? This was his first full season in affiliated ball, so there was a lot of thought within the organization whether or not to put him here. Even though we all agreed he had the talent to be here, I love the kid. I love that kid. He has great instincts and is very bright. He's a guy that when he would screw up, and before I could even talk to him, he'd, he was telling me what he did wrong. Again, having not played in affiliate ball before this season, there was a lot for him to learn. If Stretch was at 3.30, he sometimes would walk in at 3.15. I had to tell him, no, that's not how we do things here. You don't show up 15 minutes early. You get there 30 minutes early. You work in before, then go Stretch. Um, those small things that we talked about before, uh, you know, uh, that you, know, you learn A ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sound a little bit like when we were talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. in 2018. CJ's only 20, and there was just so much stuff he had to learn that had nothing to do with playing the game. There were similarities. Tatis was 19 when he was in Double A in 2018. In 2017, he was up from Low A for his first for the last two weeks of the season. How your body language works when an ump calls a strike you don't like. What is your in-between innings routine? Things like that. With both of them, it was never about running balls out or really what they did on the field, just about learning what it takes to get out on the field. So you're talking about preparation, preparation. and what you do on your off days and yes. things Being like a that. professional ball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Fernando and CJ were learning how to be professionals, which is what we uh, all have to do. Now, a lot of these guys wind <clears throat> up learning that from AC yeah. in Fort Wayne. Absolutely. And so he pretty much skipped that. I mean, he spent half a season in Fort Wayne, but that was a whole year ago. Yeah. So now he's got to build all of these routines back up. And then build them at a high level. Right. So now you're in double A. Right. So you need to learn the stuff yesterday. Yeah. You, you don't need a daddy. Yeah. You shouldn't need a daddy. And, and Welly being the man that he is, the coach that he is, knows how to do that without being, I'm sure knows how to do it. Oh, yeah. Know, and is really good at that. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it's not... It's not fair, really, to compare the two. Fernando is electric and even a violent player. CJ is the opposite. He's smooth, very quiet, doesn't draw a lot of attention to himself other than with his bat, his glove, his legs, and his arm. <laughs> <laughs> let the play play. There you go. You know, let the play show what you can do. Yeah, so I guess Tatis is flashy. Yeah. yeah everything that he does, just there's just your That's, eyes drawn to him. He's electric. Yeah. That's electrical. And so it sounds like CJ is kind of the opposite, more of a yeah. subdued kind of a and guy. I, and I love that. I love the guys that I, I love the excited players that Tatis is. It's fun. You never know what you're gonna get. He is not a box of chocolates, you mm-hmm. know. Oh, and that's I said that wrong. Life is like a box. You never know what you're gonna get. Right. A box of chocolates. But then you watch like Jake Cronenworth. Yeah. He is just professional. Goes about his business. You don't really notice him out there. But right. then you look at the stat line and holy cow, he's yeah. filling it up. Yeah, absolutely. So when I watch CJ as a player that bats left-handed but throws right, he seems like a guy that has a great ability to take the ball the other way. How is he on pulling the ball? 
Wellum. Oh, Wellman. Wellman. I wasn't sure until I saw him pull a 400-foot ball down the right line, right field line in Midland. Then I stopped wondering. That'll answer it. I, I, played, I played him four days a week at shortstop and two days at second for obvious reasons. He looks as good at second as he did at shortstop, and he didn't play a whole lot of second base growing up. He's a different kind of special than Fernando, but he's still special. CJ is really graceful and fluid. Defensively, Fernando will crank it up and throw it 98 across the infield. CJ can throw it 95 across the infield and look like he's throwing BP. Again, quiet explosiveness. Love that. You love that. Quiet explosiveness. He's the quiet storm. Well, reading that, it makes me think of Gabriel Arias. Yeah. That when he was on defense, everything looked so smooth and, and balanced and under control. And then the ball would just come shooting out of his arm like yeah. a cannon shot yeah. uh, where Tatis is just hair flying and there's limbs all <laughs> over the place. And he's just he's like the Tasmanian devil <clears throat> out there. And, and it's fun to watch. But with that comes the price, with that violence, with that flashy, with that, you know, that you never know what you're going to get comes with a price. And, right. and, and you've seen the growing pains in Fernando. And this, I mean, it's, God, I'll take that any day. Because the guy is only going to get better. Right. I mean, so you're talking about like the errors where he yeah. makes a throw where he probably right. should have eaten the ball, but he's trying to make the play and then he Stretch pulls the first base double, off. Maybe yeah. But hurt. then the flip side of that is where he gets hurt trying to do the splits yeah. at, you know, trying to get the out at second base. Yeah. Or then this year with the shoulder injuries, trying to evade a tag and do the swim move yeah. that puts your arm in the position where something goes pop. Oh, man. So. Anyways, from television, it looks like TJ has a little more play discipline than Fernando did when he was here. But the tools are not as loud. Is that fair? I think that is probably true for right now. I think Fernando was more physical than CJ when he was here. His body was more mature. But I can't wait to see what CJ looks like when he fills out. Because right now, he has young man strength. Young man strength. Young man strength. It takes a while to grow into the old man strength. God dang. <laughs> so you guys, take the, five, take, the, take the five bucks out of your wallet. Give it to Mad Friars. It is an excellent, tons of great content. You get these interviews, and that's only half the interview. I didn't do the whole thing. I want you guys to subscribe to Mad Friars and uh, check those guys out. They really do a great job. And you get the daily write-up. And you get the daily write-up. So you can go check email. The, you can go check the box scores and try to interpret things for yourself, or you can read what they write because yeah. they're watching everything. Absolutely. Okay, so moving on to the affiliate rundown. For the second time today. Uh, so if you're just picking it up we uh, already ran through all this once uh, but we had a technical issue Um, you know our buddy readed it our sound engineer um, had a little mishap Um, we're not going to point fingers or name names you don't have to I'm right in front of you (laughs) (laughs) but that's all right. but we are good and we are ready so affiliate rundown for strike one. The complex league. The complex league. Yeah, we should just type that out rather I, than writing ACL. Right, I'm going to stop putting that. Okay, from yeah, now on. Yeah, because every time I see ACL, I think about my wife's knee. Right. <laughs> right. So <laughs> strike one. walking around in a brace <laughs> with crutches. Okay, so strike one. The Padres got their first look at several of their 2021 draft picks in a win against one of the Royals' ACL teams. Jackson Merrill, the Padres' first rounder this year, doubled in the third at-bat of his professional debut to drive in his first run. Right fielder Christian Heredia had a pair of doubles in his first homer of the season. The 20-year-old spent the 2019 season in the Arizona League and put up solid numbers. This season, in 14 games, he's hitting 306, 414, 490, with just seven strikeouts in 58 plate appearances. Heck yeah. So he's a guy that I think we might see in Lake Elsinore by yeah. the end of the year, especially seeing that last part, the seven strikeouts in 58 plate appearances. This organization really pounds the plate discipline. Yeah. So when a guy's not striking out, they tend to start moving up. Yeah, and you know, God, it, it really just it was overnight that the team started doing that. 
2016, 2017, nah, a lot of strikeouts, a lot of chasing stuff out of the zone, and it just seemed to tighten up within 18, 19, and into this year, it's just been insane. I, it's it's such a welcome yeah. change, because watching Hedges and Renfro and those guys go up there and just swinging over the top of every Sliders slider. outside, right. Oh, my God, so frustrating. So moving on, strike two on Friday, first rounder Jackson Merrill went two for four and drove in a run. Merrill did safe, safely in all four of his appearances since becoming a professional. He's 5 for 12 as a pro with a double, a triple, and three RBI. Second rounder James Wood also had two hits and drove in a run. Wood received the highest bonus. That's $2.6 million of any player in the Padres selected, of any player Padres selected in the 2021 draft. He's off to an excellent start with five hits in his first two games. Fifth rounder Max Ferguson had two hits, including a double. The 21-year-old out, out of Tennessee has hit consecutive has two consecutive multi-hit games third baseman luke third baseman lucas dunn tripled as a part of a three-hit night his first professional hit came in the first when he played it a run with a single dunn was drafted in the eighth round out of louisville for strike three jackson merrill reached base twice once via hit and another via base on balls i have a feeling you're going to hear that name a lot yeah. from us for through the rest of the season the Padres' first rounder has hit safely in each of his first six professional games, batting 368, 455, 526 with a double and a triple. Right-handed pitcher Kevin Copps made his first professional appearance and struck out the side around a double. The 2021 Golden Spikes Award winner in college threw 89 and two-thirds innings for Arkansas pitching to a 0.90 ERA. So he won the Golden Spikes Award over Jack Leiter and oh Kumar God. Rocker, yeah. who were two very high front of the ra- draft Absolutely. picks. Absolutely. Um, and then he was working mostly as, well, I think it was their Friday starter, but he kind of reinvented himself this year. In previous seasons, he was so-so, and then all of a sudden he comes at this year, he's got that cutter that he can manipulate a couple different ways, yeah. and it's just it just baffled everybody. So people say he may have a chance to make the majors he this year. He rise fast. That's aggressive. Yeah, it's very aggressive. But he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. <clears throat> so moving on to Lake Elsinore, strike one Friday, catcher Brandon Venezuela had a multi-hit game, including a double in Friday night's loss. The switch hitting catcher has been red hot at the plate this month, hitting 349, 393, and 506 with his... Multi with his multi hit effort, Venezuela is seventh in the law with law. a three of low, low A, a West, West League. California League. Just call it the wah, California wah. League in the law, <laughs> law and order. Dun 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 dun. Uh, for a three of three average, thank you. Strike, go ahead. Strike two coming out of last year's draft. Many considered Robert Hassel the third the best pure high school hitter in the country, and he has shown that with a 309, 406, 450 line in low A at 19. More surprising in his play this year are his solid defensive center field and value on the bases. Saturday, he stole his 26th base in 32 attempts, good for fourth in the low A West, California League. In a system that has been diluted by the many trades of the last 18 months, the Storm has the most young offensive talent in the system with Hassel, Josh Mears, and a pair of breakout prospects in switch hitting catcher Brandon Valenzuela and infielder Uribiel Angeles. Yes, absolutely. So get up to Lake Elsinore and watch these guys while you can. Before they move. So strike three, Sunday, Bodie Rascon made his full-season full season league debut, a memorable one, holding Fresno hitters for hit list for five innings. God, it's getting late. The big lefty walked the first battery face and picked him off. Is it getting later or are you getting hungry? <laughs> Both. Probably a little bit of everything. I'm a little can't see straight. Uh, he, you know, he walked the first batter, then he picked him off before rolling through the lineup. The only other runner reached on the air and was promptly erased on a double play. 
Grizzlies hitters were aggressive against him early in the count, so the 20-year-old Texan got through his piggyback turn in the rotation on only 54 pitches. After striking out 16 in just 10 and two-thirds innings in rookie ball, Rescone didn't draw whiff Sunday, though he got three pop-ups. So that's interesting that he was striking guys out in rookie ball, and then yeah. he comes up to Lake Elsinore, and nobody's caying on him, but he's still getting outs. Yeah. Facing the minimum creatively by picking a guy off and Absolutely. getting a there's double nothing, play. There's nothing wrong with a guy you know, hitting uh, soft contact. Right. Pitching the contact. And that also tells me that the uh, the defense is doing their job behind him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious across all the baseball. We spoke earlier, you know, a, a month ago, about how the first start of the season was so rough. Everybody had so much rust to knock off. Yeah. More than usual. So you're seeing a lot of defensive misplays, a lot of really bad plate appearances. You guys just forgetting how to play baseball. Yeah. And they've been playing, they've been playing workout for so long and playing batting cages that it's kind of different when you get out on the field. But now I wonder if things have kind of smoothed out a little bit. I, I'm, I'm sure it has. You know, the game speeds up if you don't play it for a while. For sure. Okay, so moving on to Fort Wayne. Strike one on Thursday, Moises Lugo turned down, turned in another solid start and has now allowed two earned runs in his last 14 innings pitched for Fort Wayne. A member of the 2017 signing class, Lugo is 2-3 and three with a 3.49 ERA and 72 strikeouts in 59 and a third innings of work for the Tin Caps. I like that. More than a strikeout per inning pitched. Reynaldo Ilaraza had his third multi-hit game of the month. A member of the 2015 signing class, Ilaraza connected on his fourth extra base hit on the road this season. His successes have come primarily at home where he's slashing 302, 403, 372. So not a whole lot of power there. I guess nope. that's why they highlighted the fourth extra base hit on the road this season. Um, but he's getting on base a ton. Uh, he's still young. I think he's I think he's still 20, 20 or 21, 21 years old. So maybe he still has some strength to, gr- to grow into. Uh, but the guy is smooth in the field um, and getting on base a ton. Absolutely. Strike two. Saturday, Tirso Ronello's 21 hit. Double number 25, which leads to high central. The problem is the six foot three, 225 pound Tijuana native has only a pair of home runs for a slash line of 246, 338, 377. While Ornelas hits the ball hard on contact, he doesn't elevate it enough on a consistent basis. So I found that note interesting. I, I'm, I'm wondering if it's something that they're just letting him hit the ball hard now. And then they'll work on on an adjustment in the off season, maybe fall instructions, yeah. uh, to try to get a little bit more loft, loft. into his swing. Because um, the guy he hits the ball hard right yeah. now. It's a lot of ground balls and a few line drives, and then the occasional fly ball. When he gets it in the air, it goes. Yeah, he needs he needs cut. So he's got the muscle. The strength is there. It's just pitch selection and launch angle. For sure. So Carlos Gorte, 20, was a tough luck loser in his third start since being promoted from Lake Elsinore. The righty allowed just two runs over six innings, getting batters to pound the ball under the ground. The six foot two Venezuelan signed in 2017 and performed well in the Arizona League in 2019 with a 6-1 record in nine starts and a 38-12 to strikeout-to-walk ratio in 44 two-thirds innings. This year's he's improved the ratio to 57 and 12, but it has allowed a 266 average in 60, uh, 67 and a third innings. Excuse me. Mason Fioli worked a perfect inning and struck out two. After a nightmarish start to his first professional season, the lefty has found his footing in the second half of this month. He's turned in six straight scoreless outings, striking out seven against two hits and three walks. Okay, so at, friend of the podcast, love Mason. He started to do well. I think, I think we need to start putting in like every time we. S- Say Mason Fioli, like, like yeah. Ted's. put a little sample in there. Yeah, <laughs> Mason Fioli, rock star Mason Fioli. 
So he started off really rough. He really hit the bad. IL a couple times. Yeah. So with a guy rehabbing from Tommy John, you're always a little bit you, uh, trigger happy or whatever. Absolutely. Like every time I see his name on the IL, I, I cringe. Like, right. is he okay? Right. Is something wrong? Uh, but now knowing that he's finally starting to hit a groove, um, it's rough coming off Tommy yeah, John. It is. And so you know, when somebody comes off and they stay healthy, you're breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah. So I was a little nervous. Hopefully now he's moved past that a little bit. Some results are starting to show. He's no longer a rehabber. He is right. a full-on minor league pitcher. Yeah, absolutely. So strike three Friday, right-handed pitcher Connor Lehman made his 10 caps debut and struggled in two and two-thirds innings of work. The St. Louis University product allowed eight hits and six earned runs. Ouch. In 25 innings between Fort Wayne and Lake Elsinore, Lehman has shown his ability to miss bats with 32 strikeouts, but opposing batters have a 926 OPS against the 2019 seventh rounder. The St. Louis Billiken. That's their mascot. Billiken. What, what, what is a Billiken? It's, it's something that looks kind of like a devil that's blue and gray. He's a symbol of good luck on campus and around the world. Oh, yeah. Billiken. Yeah, how about that? Okay, moving on to San Antonio. Uh, for strike one, Thursday, Osvaldo Hernandez followed up five and two-thirds scoreless innings on July 24th with five and two-thirds innings of two-run ball tonight. The 23-year-old of native of Havana, Cuba, has done his best work in July going two and two with yeah. 2.73 ERA and five starts. Henry Henry only allowed one base runner while recording four outs for his third win of the 2021 season. Remember, he's a reliever, so kind of vulture wins, if you will. The long-limbed righty has picked up where he left off in 2019, going 3-0 with the 3.27 ERA, walking 16 and striking out 28 in 41 and a third innings for San Antonio. The 22-year-old Dominican joined the Padres as part of the 2015 signing class, which was the first signing class of the Preller of regime. AJ Preller. And Henry, he's developing at a steady pace. He's, he's long and he's skinny. Lots of lots of elbows and arms moving there. Right. So let him get the walks. He, he'll tighten that up. But he's on his way. And I really, you know, we said this a long time ago when we first started talking about him, really want to see this guy make the majors. Yeah. Just to see, just to see H. Henry on a jersey, <laughs> on a professional jersey. Yeah. And he has those cool dreads, little noodle dreads. He's got Great. he's got a big beaming smile too. A big smile. He is kind of like the Jerickson Profar of of the Double A team. Right. He's got a lot of personality. Yeah. He's kind of the class clown in yeah. a way, uh, but he goes about his job. I, I big Henry Henry fan. Yeah. Okay, so strike two on Friday. Adrian Martinez got the start and put an exclamation point on July with another excellent outing. Martinez worked five point five and a third innings of shutout ball, allowing just four hits, one walk, and six strikeouts. In six outings in July, Martinez allowed only one earned run in 33 and two-thirds innings, good for a <laughs> .27 ERA. The 24-year-old has developed into a realistic option for the Padres starting rotation yep. should they need another starter at some point. Martinez's 2.2 ERA leads the AA Central. I would love to get a scouting report on yeah. what Adrian Martinez looks like today. Yeah. We, haven't se- we saw him a year and a half ago in Lake Elsinore, but I'm curious, where's the velocity? What's, what's working for him? Right. You know, because I we see the stat lines, yep. we see that he's that he's mowing guys down. How is he doing it, hit, and how hit, would that nudge, translate nudge. to the major leagues? Wink, wink. Absolutely, right. we want to know. We not we want to know. So, strike three Sunday. Matt Waldron took the loss in his second contest, despite allowing just two earned runs over six innings. This is another reason why pitcher wins and losses don't really matter. It does not matter. The second, uh, the, the righty gave up just six hits over as many innings in what will count as a complete game while tossing ninety five pitches. That's a lot of pitches. Mm-hmm. That's the knuckleball working right there. And three starts since his promotion, he sports a 4-0 ERA and 16 strikeouts against eight walks and 18 frames. I, I like the only eight <clears throat> walks and 18 frames. Yeah. Throwing a knuckleball, 
Yeah. I, how do you keep that anywhere around the zone? But he says he can control it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and your catcher's got to learn how to catch it. It's yeah. Not, it's not just him learning how to throw the pitch. It's the guy who's catching it learning how to catch the pitch. Yeah, I'm going to look up how many wild pitches and pass balls yeah. have happened while he's been on the mound. I hope it's not too many. No. But I, while, I want to know who's, who his catcher is yeah. and if they have one of those special you, – you see the catcher is catching a knuckleball and they got that giant, super soft mitt. Yeah, it's like a large – First baseman's it's like a first baseman catches mitt. It's kind of hybrid. It's like a pizza dough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on to El Paso. Strike one Home on stretch. On Tuesday, right-handed pitcher Reese Kinnear turned in his best start at any level this season, firing six shutout innings, but he did not factor in the decision. Kinnear had everything working and allowed just two hits and two walks. His seven strikeouts tied a season high. That's really good. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. That's- but now he's back up with the major league team. And probably sticking around for a little while since Paddock had a little yeah. oblique, oblique strain. Yeah, and, and and guys like we, you know, we love they get their opportunity, and if they run with, they run with it. These guys weren't necessarily supposed to make the major leagues, or at least not this year. So having them come up so young, give these guys time to kind of get their feet underneath them. He's used as a uh, as a as, what am I saying? The, the opener, opener. Thank you. I want to say starter again. And just let him be what he is, and then he'll define his role with how he pitches. You know, that was easy to say in years past, where the wins and losses didn't really matter all right. that much. But now that there's a playoff hunt, yeah, and the two teams that are ahead of the Padres have been juggernauts this year, it's kind of hard to say to give a guy some leash. Like, we, the other some, off, the you got to get up there and do the job. Right, he, he does, in absolute. But you also got to, you know, in the small microcosm of, of this player, the other options aren't. There's not many other options. Right. You have to take guys out. The forty man. He's on there. Get him. Let him get his breath. And you know, let him get his breath. Right. Well, including the next couple of guys, they might also factor into these kinds of decisions. Absolutely. So strike two Thursday. Aaron Lesher's first relief appearance of 2021 was the finest of his three appearances to start since arriving in El Paso on July 18th. The lefty allowed one run on a sack fly, striking out two and walking none. The 25-year-old Lesher is the Padres' sixth-round selection in 2017 was promoted to Lake El, um, El Paso after impressing him in San Antonio with a 4-4 record and 2.56 ERA and 52 strikeouts and 52 and two-thirds innings for the missions. So Aaron Lesher, we last saw him in Lake Elsinore. Yeah. And him and the next guy we're going to talk about, Caleb Boshley, they were both kind of doing a little bit of everything yeah, in Lake Elsinore. Swiss Army Knife. Starting a lot of games, a couple of relief appearances. Uh, you got to like that, somebody who's just willing to do whatever they can to help the team win. Yeah. They're doing that with uh, in Lake Elsinore with uh, Levi Thomas. Right. Like, he'll come out of the bullpen, and then a few days later, he'll come out and start the game. Mm-hmm. You know, just learning, learning, getting innings. Yep. Okay, so for strike three, on Sunday, righty Caleb Boshley gave up three runs over seven and two-thirds innings, but El Paso's offense couldn't back him up as the Skeeters won for the third time in the series. The 27-year-old hurler was tagged for a two-run homer in the fourth and a solo shot in the fifth for all the runs he'd surrender on the night. Since joining El Paso last month, Boshley has has allowed 10 home runs in just 41 and two-thirds innings of work, though his 36-8 strikeout-to-walk ratio has helped him limit the damage. So we're talking about AAA. I know they're not using the Super Bowl they were using a couple years ago, but still, a lot of launching pads in that yeah, league. Absolutely. So if somebody's a fly ball hit pitcher, they, they might get exposed a little bit in AAA, yeah. uh, but then there's reason to believe that they might not see so many home runs if they were to get called up to the majors. Absolutely. And at 27, he is, uh, he's getting close to the end of, like, we need to see where he needs to go. Right. So if the Padres need somebody to call up for a spot start, yeah. I could see them pulling up somebody like Boshley or Aaron Lasher, who's 25. You have a couple of older 
like not quite prospects, kind of right. fringe guys, right. just to to take a turn or two in the rotation and soak up some innings. Yeah, absolutely. Because this team, boy, they need some guys to soak up innings. And they de- we need some sponges on the mound. <laughs> For sure. For sure. <laughs> well, we made it through it two times. Yes. Second verse, same as the first. Man, you guys, you can find me on Twitter at SD Donovan. I am at Zippy underscore TMS. Go Padre. Hands across the water. Water's the water.